Welcome back to the Better Men, Better Ball Player podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cobb. I want to thank you for joining us here on another episode of our podcast where we really focus on the development of not only the physical side of things, but also the mental side of things. We hope to provide as much value as we can to players, parents, coaches, friends, um, anyone, really, because the best part about this is if we can have lessons, and I think this is what baseball does the best, is how we can create lessons that will go beyond the game of baseball, and so which would be beneficial and applicable to more than just baseball players, parents of baseball players, but actually to people outside of the game, because that's what baseball teaches. Baseball can teach us some great lessons that we will take into real life. So, and, the, and a man who gets to help me do that today is head coach of Shepherd University, Matt McCarty. Coach McCarty uh, was one of the youngest coaches, I think, in the country at the time uh, when he was brought on as head coach at Shepherd in July 2013. Um, and uh, he was the, he played at Shepherd, he graduated from Shepherd. He was an assistant coach at Shepherd, and then ended up having uh, getting the opportunity to become the next head coach, where he has been a part of 278 Ram victories, some as a player, 51 as a player in two years, as well as 227 as a coach. He was has been the 20 uh, the uh, Mountain East Conference Coach of the Year twice in 2014 and 2018, and in 2014 he was also the National Collegiate. Baseball Writers Association Regional Coach of the Year. Again, that was in 2014. Um, but with Coach Coach McCarty and Shepard, they continue to, to bring in and develop great players. They've had 15 players move on to professional ranks, um, including the 2011, they had a first-rounder, Corey Spart- Spagenberg. Um, most recently, they've had three go on in the eighth round, the fourth round, the 21st round. Uh, so they continue to grow them. Um, you know, when people go and visit there, you see you see scouts there often. Um, it's just a he's grown it into a national presence at the Division II level. It's a great place to play. It's a very special place. You just feel it when you walk in there. Uh, so and Coach McCarty, he's just a true winner. He's shown that he he wins, and um, you know you've heard you hear it through a lot, and he wins it through his relationships. And you heard that a lot through our conversation today. So can't thank him enough for it. So hopefully you get to learn those lessons. And I think that what can be applicable beyond the game of baseball. And But you get it. we get to dive a little bit into and we kind of get behind the curtain a little bit with Coach McCarty. And, again, just can't thank him enough. He's a great guy. And um, hope you guys enjoy this great conversation with head coach at Shepherd University, Matt McCarty. They, they go home for Thanksgiving break next Tuesday and then home for about seven weeks before we start back up in January. Seven weeks? Yeah. It's usually three, but because of uh, the uh, – You know, all finals, all, all finals online. Yeah. Yeah, they're doing that last week. The last two weeks of class is all virtual. So it adds – add some extra time so that they shrunk down the semester. We usually don't end until like December 
11th, I think we were supposed to be done this year. And now we're, we're finishing the 24th as far as in-class session. So you're taking three weeks off from an in-class session. And then, so has your schedule, well, I mean, shoot, have you, will you guys still, are you still planning on starting at February? Like when you typically do? No. So since the NCAA reduced us to 40 games, yeah. um, it just didn't allow us to play. And then when they went to 40 games, our conference uh, dropped down to uh, 30. Well, it moved up from 20, 24 conference games up to 32. So now we only have eight non-conference games to play. So it, it just didn't make sense for us to start opening weekend of Division Two. Uh, because we don't start conference play until the second week in March. So we, with only eight games to play, we if we played those first two weekends like we typically do and get six games in, then we we have two non-conference games we can play in the next three, three and a half weeks. So just didn't make sense for us. So we're going to start the end of February um, and go down and play Francis Marion and then UNC Pembroke. Uh, it'll be midweek games for them because we're going to play Tuesday, Wednesday. So, um, yeah, it'll be it'll be good. We're playing two two very good teams and probably one of the best uh, Division II conferences in the country to start. And it'll be our first games. They'll be like 10 games in. So it'll be a little different, but it'll, it'll all work out in the end. Yeah. Good competition before we start our conference, which is very good competition anyway. So, yeah, just that in and of itself is – going to be really good really good call yeah i mean geez anybody comes out of there's got a shot period <clears throat> absolutely that's for sure um wow yeah i mean so at least it's give you better better weather too so you guys start so early i know utah's typically go down south anyways this first couple yeah. weeks yeah it gives us a little more preparation time too because typically we only have about three weeks to get our guys ready when they come back in yeah, january that, that is good especially now like you said you're losing this time that you would typically have you'd have them back earlier too so i guess that, is, yeah. that works out good yeah so typically we have three weeks and now we're going to have about six and a half weeks before we play so eight one gives us more opportunities to get outside um we'll be able to go live hopefully weather depending um mm-hmm a couple more times than we usually do. Cause I mean, we start, we, we typically go live against our pitchers three times maybe before, before we get down starting our first game. So uh, this gives us a chance to possibly double that, if not more. So mm-hmm. it'll be good. And I guess I probably didn't know, you know, I'm not sure when you probably put the schedule together, but at least it maybe didn't push you so much in the fall to get all these things in that you have a little bit of time in the back end before you would start. Right. And with, I mean, it, we didn't have to rush a whole lot of things in the fall because we had so many guys returning. So it made this transition a little easier um, than what it would have been on a, on a normal year. If we had a normal year, I mean, we had 15, 15 new freshmen come in. So it would have been a big transition year. So mm-hmm. kind of good the way things played out. Sure. One of the things I've always admired and I've always kind of wanted to pick your brain about was just a matter of, you go and watch your guys play, and they look like they've been playing together for about 10 years. You know, like there's just such a bond with all of your guys, and I would love to just get like a like your perspective of that and how you kind of do that or, you know, what is, is it? Is it just a shepherd thing or it, like what – how how are you doing that so well? 
Um, I think, I, well, one, I appreciate that. It, two, I, I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with the culture here in the athletic department, not necessarily just our program, but the athletic department as a whole. It's a very close-knit group. I mean, we when we bring guys in on recruiting visits, um, we're walking around campus. Um, these other coaches are around. They stop in, ask ask where they're from, what position they play, um, hope they end up here at Shepherd. So, But once they get here, um, it's just everything we do in the fall is very competitive base. And we start from the time we get here, um, that second week of school on, uh, we're doing baseball activities. So these guys are together. I mean, they're getting together six to eight hours a day. Um, and we try, we make our, we don't make our guys. We request our guys to live with each other on campus. Um, when they come in as freshmen, we try to pair them up. Most of them want to pair up with another baseball player to begin with, but, and then our guys off campus, they all live together too. So, I mean, when you're around someone for 24 hours a day, um, for, for eight months, um, that, that brotherhood uh, just seems to form. They do everything together, um, which is a good thing. But uh, the way we do our practices, um, I mean, we do four weeks of individual work. So when we get into our individual work, um, our infield group is with each other for, for four weeks. Um, and it's just those group of guys. So we have one group of infielders. They're with each other three times a week for four weeks um, before we start a full team practice. So um, they're just able to the things that we do on a daily basis. Like I said, it, they form that bond. Um, they respect each other, um, and and we put it. It's a big accountability thing. You can't uh, have expect accountability from others if you don't have it in yourself. So um, once once they they understand that, especially our young guys coming in, um, what accountability looks like as a whole, um, the the team aspect of it comes together pretty good. Hmm. And then, um, so, and then during the season, um, you know, is, as you guys just roll and things like that, is it something that's ever kind of like, do you ever notice like times where you might have to, to, to bring that in? Do you have to talk more about it or is it just kind of seem, um, I mean, pretty fluid at Shepard. I mean, it's always seems like even from a alumni standpoint, guys, it's, it always just seems to be part of that culture, man. It's just something, it's just something about it. Yeah, I think, I mean, too, I think it's just um, the relationship that we have with our guys um, as far as coach and player. Um, we, we when we were going through the recruiting process with them, we get to know them on a level more so than them just being a baseball player coming into Shepherd. So I think the, the trust that they put into us, the trust that we put into them once they're here, um, there's a lot of times where if it's coming from us coaches, as you know, it's going to go in one ear and out the other, uh, especially when it when you're repeating the same things over a course of a year, things we need to improve on or this is this is mistakes mis we've made in games that cost us in certain situations. Um, so we rely on our players to do a lot of that, too, because, like I said, if it's coming from us coaches, um, it goes in one ear out the other. But if it's coming from a teammate, um, a peer, someone that it holds a little bit, little bit more validity to them. Um, it means a little more to them. They don't want to let their teammates down. They don't want to let their peers down, their friends. So, um, yeah, we rely on our on our student athletes to to handle a lot of the things um, in in game in team stuff. Um, I mean, we don't have we don't do punishment stuff. Um, we do to a certain point, but on the team aspect of it. 
um, we rely on our guys to for that accountability and hold their teammates accountable. And when when it comes from within from your teammates, it's it means a lot more to them. Sure does. Yeah, sure does. And I think that just helps. I think that just helps with the bond. Um, I mean, when when you have someone that's chewing your butt and getting on you, trying to make you better. Uh, one of the big things that we did um, as a staff when we took over was bringing in multiple guys at each position, um, knowing that each and every day you're going to have someone breathing down your neck, trying to take your spot. Um, and you can't take days off. And, and when we do stuff in practice, um, everything we do is, is a competition based. I mean, we'll do stuff through with infielders where, um, we're counting out. We have pitchers behind our guys with buckets. We're doing mass fungos and they're counting how many, how many errors we make or how many times we don't feel the ball cleanly. Um, and then we'll have something as for the winners, um, to who won that group session and, and do it. So, I mean, there's, there's competition within our team. Um, so that brings out a lot of that bond. Um, uh, they always want to win. Um, and I think that's helped with our culture of winning is, everything we do is, is competitive base. And, um, like I said, when, when you know you're showing up to, to work that day, um, and someone's breathing down your neck to take your spot. Um, I mean, you got to leave, leave all the outside stuff at the gate. When you come in, you were, we're expecting two and a half hours of your time at the field. Um, and not let, that's a release for a lot of guys is, mm -hmm. is being able to get out on that field and put school aside for two and a half hours or, or what's going on outside. Um, it's a release for them. So when they get on the field and they compete, it's it's fun to watch. Uh, for sure, for sure. I, it's, it's it's funny. It's interesting because you know a lot of the guys. You, you one would say like multiple guys at a position would say, well, I might not like that guy very much. And you know, is there something that you kind of, especially for a new guy to kind of come into that, which you know, as a freshman might be a little bit intimidated by that. How do they kind of grow that relationship without like not liking that guy because he might take my spot? Um, I think it's, I think it plays into the culture that we have here that it doesn't matter whether you're a freshman, sophomore, junior, or senior, that's If, if you're the best guy at that spot, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna have a chance to play. Um, and when we had a, we have freshmen that come in and, and, and win jobs as freshmen and, and take over. And yes, I think, I think it has to play in with the type of guys that we're bringing in. Um, we identify that in the recruiting process that, um, do I want, I want to believe that we're going out and recruiting the best guy, um, and a guy that makes our program better. Um, so in the process of doing that, we expect our freshmen, um, our sophomores, our transfers to come in and expect to be on the field. Um, if they don't, if they don't come in with that mentality of wanting to win a job, um, it, it's just, they probably won't last here. So, um, there is, there's a, early on, I think there's a, a, a distancing factor that they kind of they're quiet and um, but I think the way that we make things in practice and the way how competitive we make things um, in certain situations for our guys I mean when we we enter squad three three times a week too so once we get into our full team practice so I mean guys it's it's just a competitive nature so I think it once the season gets going into our fall um and the weight room sessions, everything that we do, our guys are around each other. So um, will they bicker and fight like brothers? Absolutely. When you're around somebody for that long, um, it's going to happen. So, uh, but no, I think, I think we do a good job of, of being able to separate the, the personal things 
um, and, and what's happening on the field. Um, I'm never going to like the guy that's, that's beat me out for my job, but, sure. uh, once we're on the field and we all have the same common goal of winning, um, I, I believe that's what, what separates, uh, that hate, uh, or dislike for, for guys. Cause when, like I said, when everyone's got coming here for the common goal, that's one of the things that we preach to our guys when we bring them on a recruiting visits, it's you're here to win championships. You're here to graduate and get a degree. Uh, and be a better person when you leave here from top to bottom, mature and grow. Um, and I think there's a lot of life lessons that, that our guys learn throughout the process um, in their four or five years, however long they're here, um, that really, really help in the maturation process. So, like, there's a couple of things I heard from all, all of that was, you know, her recruiting and then uh, I was thinking about um, just a matter of, the competition part of it, you know, and do you see that guys come into, um, is that something you're trying to build into guys? Like, are you building them and becoming better? Like, are they missing that? Like from like a youth level from maybe high school, like, are they missing some of that competitiveness and you're trying to instill it in them? Or is that just something that what you guys do, or is that you do, would you see people could do more of that before you got them? Yeah, I think I think uh, it's a little bit of both. Um, to be honest with you, I think the whole showcase baseball is kind of taking that a competitive edge away from a lot of student athletes. Um, it's just it's so watered down, and uh, there's a lot of things now that uh, you go play on a on a weekend, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever it is. You're guaranteed this many games, and and that's what it is. It's and some of these teams have guys that only come in for a weekend and, and play on a weekend just to showcase themselves. They pick up players, that kind of thing. So I think it just takes away from the competitive nature in some aspects. Cause if, if one kid doesn't make this team, uh, this group of kids are going to join another team and, and start up another team. And I think um, some kids lack that um, in it takes away some, some, some of the showcase ball just takes away from the competitive nature. But uh, what we do in practice is, is kind of the competitive side. It's, it's for us as coaches, it's more to see where they're at mentally. Um, it's, I mean, skill wise, I think I, I honestly feel when we recruit guys, um, a lot of our guys are on the same level. Um, and it's who's going to take that next step. Who's going to be able to handle that adversity and practice in a competition setting um, and, and be able to grow from it. And you see it. There's, I mean, guys that come in early as freshmen um, on the competitive nature side, it's kind of, they're very passive um, because they, they don't really understand it. Um, and there's some guys that you got to kick in the butt and say, look, you got, we, we tell them all the time we got, this year's a little bigger roster than usual. We have 46 guys on the roster. Uh, we typically keep 30 to 35, but because of COVID, our seniors coming back, it's a larger roster. Uh, just because you're on roster at a 46 number, we don't travel 46 guys. So if you want to be on the bus come springtime, um, you got to be in our top 28, top 30 guys. So what there, I mean, you got to do that in the weight room. You got to win, win those competitions in the weight room. Um, getting bigger and stronger, understanding how your body moves, um, showing up to practice every day, working hard, competing. Um, and that's going to put you in a good situation. And also in the classroom. I mean, that's the biggest thing where we tell our guys every recruiting, every recruiting visit, um, 
you got to make the grades in the fall to get to the spring, the spring to come back next fall. We're always actively recruiting to, to put our guys, put our team in the best situ situation, um, make them our team better. Um, and the classroom part plays a big part of it. Um, if mm -hmm. you can't make the grades and we got to, we got, we're not one, we're not going to babysit you and call you at eight o'clock for your eight ten class to make sure you're up. Um, it just falls on that accountability side. If you're not doing the things in the classroom, uh, baseball is a privilege, so it can always be taken away. And if you're not doing the things in the classroom, that's the quickest way to lose your lose your spot on the field because now you're giving your reps to someone else because now we got to put you in in with a tutor. And when we do our tutoring sessions for our guys, it's during practice time. So you're not doing the things in you're not doing the things in the classroom. So baseball's taken away until you figure out what you need to do in the classroom. So uh, like I said, it's a privilege here, um, and, and our guys know that when they step on campus. Um, or leave, I guess leave campus the first time when they come on their visit is uh, our best nine are going to play. You're going to have to do it in the classroom as well as the field. And if you're not doing it on the field or in the classroom, you won't be doing it on the field. So, but I mean, that's, I mean, I think just the competitive nature on our team and our guys, they understand what we expect of them um, and, and they get after it. And, and I think the atmosphere of us coaches, I mean, we're not the type of guys that in practice we're going to yell and holler. I've learned that from my early stages. That's probably the biggest thing that um, I've learned to, or, or started to understand a lot more is, is uh, the yelling and screaming only can only do so much. Um, the mm -hmm. motivational side is, is key for these, these kids. And, and we try to make practice as competitive, but as fun as we possibly can for them. Because on the baseball side in practice, everything's going to become repetitive. Um, for the most part. So we have to find different ways um, to, to make it fun and competitive for our guys. What were some of the best things? So like as, as much you compete, you said even in the weight room, like what are like the, like your top things, like, man, I, like this, this is like, you've just seen so many gains throughout the years. Like what, what are the top competitive things you like to do that you've, you've seen? <clears throat> um, um, I mean, in the field, uh, when we do like, our guys, our guys think that BP squads and that and that kind of stuff isn't fun for for them because um, it's BP, but and they're long, they're drawn out, but they should be long and drawn out because it's BP. Um, but I mean, we we do different things and just in our BP sets too. Um, we'll do scoring things where we're doing, trying to do this uh, runner at second base. Uh, each guy's got three three to five swings. Um, if you drive the runner in at, at this point, um, or if you drive a runner in, you get this team gets this many points and and so on and so forth. So um, and, and that's fun. Our guys get up there and they have a plan at the plate for BP um, instead of just going up there and OK, we're going a gap round. So now we're going to we're going to get seven swings and we're going to try to hit the ball out of the park. Uh, now we're going up there with a purpose. And uh, when they get in the team or into game situations, um, it, it, it takes away from, oh, well, my batting average is going to be this. Well, no, you hit the ball to the right side, move the runner. All right, now the guy behind you hits a hits a sack fly. Now we're up one nothing um, in the base running side. So um, that's that's key. Um, one of, like There's so much more than just taking BP that we do on the offensive side to make it competitive. Um, I think there's a lot more to it um, than just getting up there and swinging the bat. Um, um, in the weight room, uh, last year, uh, we did body fat 
percentages with our guys. We test our body fat um, and and monitored it every like six weeks to check in and see like, I mean, we can't, we don't have nutritionists here at Shepherd to, to make sure our guys are going to see nutritionists, sticking to a plan. We just don't have those resources, but mm-hmm. um, a lot of it's visual. If they see it, uh, well, I'm not, my, my percentage isn't changing, but my two roommates that I live with, their, their body fat's changing. What am I doing different that they're doing? Or is it the way I eat, what I'm eating, especially late at night, that kind of stuff. Um, so it's the little things that we do um, that kind of creates just competition in themselves because nobody wants to be that guy that gets left left behind. So um, there's a, there's a purpose that we do it. Our guys don't really understand extent, ex, uh, understand it to the full extent of why we do things. Uh, one of the things that we did uh, very early on, uh, we started – I mean, we watched YouTube videos of the Division One programs that do the Road to Omaha challenges. Oh yeah, um, okay. And the conditioning set. So, we started a Road to Carry challenge. Uh, we ran our conditioning set with our individual set. So, individuals, we're going Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, our conditioning is Tuesday, Thursday. So, we're getting up. Um, it starts at six o'clock in the morning. Um, mm-hmm. So, it's dark out. Our guys can't see what exactly is going on in front of them like at a as a large distance but um our very first team meeting uh we pick six seniors seven seniors depending on what makes the teams even and they select teams they have no idea what the activities are throughout the that four-week process um and that's a huge i think that plays into the bond too because um it's more of a team building thing but they're also doing baseball conditioning type activities so if, if I'm telling our guys we're getting up at six o'clock in the morning, we're going to go run three miles. We're probably going to have guys that either show up, oversleep, that kind of thing. But everything we do is, is competitive based. So we'll do like five or six activities that morning, uh, five, five that are team based as far as conditioning wise, and then one fun team activity. So um, we do what their favorite days when we get into the, the pool at the wellness center and we do some some strenuous activities in there and then the fun thing at the end i don't know why they love it but they do it's a belly flop competition at the end and it's like <laughs> nice they're inflicting pain on each other but it's just or on themselves and it's just like they enjoy it but like we do we'll do stuff down at the soccer field which is a turf field and then we'll play like uh we'll do some different different stuff ultimate frisbee at the at the end um and it's just fun things that we do and the bond uh, we're on the sand volleyball court we play medicine med ball volleyball um and it, it's especially early on i think it relaxes some of the the underclassmen the new guys coming in mm-hmm. just because of the the atmosphere that we have that's uh during those sessions um i mean they're they're diving in sand and and all sweaty so the stand's sticking to them and it's just a it's a fun thing um, that our guys activities that our guys enjoy. Uh, like I said, if we're getting up at six o'clock in the morning and, and going out and just running, running sprints or, or, uh, running three miles, I mean, it's, that's not very fun to those guys and it, it probably wouldn't have the effect that we want it to. So mm-hmm. we've done it. And then at the end, the the very last day, that eighth day, we do an obstacle course around campus at all the stops that we've done in those seven other times. Um, we'll have one activity at each spot. Um, and it's all, it takes about 45 minutes to complete it. Um, 
but for each activity, uh, they get points for it. So we wager first place, second place, third, fourth, all the way down. So when we get to that final day, um, those guys can wager their points to, to be in first and whatnot. So uh, it's a fun thing. Um, but like I said, it's all throughout campus. So it's, it's a good, it's a good day on that last day. And, um, I don't know if they're more excited because it's the last day and they don't have to get up at 6am because a lot of those kids don't see much of 6am. So, but no, it's fun. It's competitive and, and they enjoy it. Oh, yeah, that's super cool, man. That's really cool. I'm sure like they got to have a blast with all that. We start seeing oh, yeah. some more, we just start seeing more of that stuff on Twitter, buddy. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. We, we seen you guys we do don't that. Yeah, we don't post. Well, we didn't post many videos because we actually uh, we got in trouble. We were out at the soccer field. We were flipping tires one day. We had like a relay race. Yeah, and I mean you're out there and it's it's wide open, so those tires I guess were echoing, and when they hit the ground and there's it's a, an older community, so a guy came over at like six six thirty in the morning and was like, "What are you guys doing out here? <laughs> like we're just flipping tires. Our guys are like cheering for each other and stuff. It's like." Oh wow! I thought soccer was going on out here. I'm like, no, we're not soccer. They're like, well, shouldn't you guys be at the at the baseball field since you're a baseball team? So, oh, it's all Shepherd. It's all Shepherd. That's right. So you know, yeah. I, mean, I really liked how you said that about the athletic department. I think that's pretty special about the Shepherd stuff. You know, them them, even all the other coaches and part of the department is asking those guys about wanting to be there. It just shows a lot of people like love being there. You know, I think that's one thing that I've always, you know, seen with Shepard are just people just love to be there. You know, when you get them, you typically, they typically like love to be there. Right. Yeah. And I think that a lot of it helps is it's a small town. Um, the school sets right in the middle of town. So you get a ton of support through the community as well. So, I mean, there's, there's multiple times where we're just walking around campus downtown, crossing main street downtown, and we're wearing a Shepard baseball shirt. Um, I still like to think that we look younger. So they ask us like, Oh, what position you guys play? And we're like, no, we're the coaches. But if they're asking us that, <laughs> they're, a they're asking our players that too. And they, yeah. they, they take time to get to know who you are. Um, and then on the, on the athletic department side, um, some of our guys are in the recreation majors, the fitness and exercise science, um, the therapeutic rec physical education. So, um, some of the other head coaches and assistant coaches, their other duties are, are teaching. So um, they have them in class and they get to know, know their student athletes more than uh, a professor and a student. So it's just, it's one of those things that um, I mean, athletes hang out with athletes, um, but that's at most universities, but here you get, you get a mix of the general student body um, and the, the student athletes. I mean, there's a bond there and uh the coaches i think really do a good job of of promoting that as well i mean all our guys go to the football games uh they tailgate they do that whole thing they work some of our we have 14 guys that work the games that are on the field chain gang ball boys so they're interacting um our guys go to the men's and women's basketball games the volleyball games um it's it's just a when our guys are going out and supporting them and then come springtime um you see out in left center we have a wooded area out there and uh, I mean, you got the men's and men's and women's basketball team sitting out there with a with a big barrel trash can fire out there in the cold weather, and they're sitting out there supporting our team. It's it's a pretty awesome awesome thing to see. Yeah, it's a great atmosphere. It really is. You know, it's just I, one of the best college atmospheres that I've. You know, I'm sure I'm, I haven't seen them all, but like it's just it's very special. It's a very special place, that's for sure. And um, 
But uh, speaking of that, you know, guys that want to be part of that, so you've, you've talked about some recruiting, and you said trying to, like you talked about building that relationship during the recruiting process. You know, you don't hear that much. You hear about relationships after the fact, like when we have them. But like, what what are you doing? How are you doing that? How are you able to build that relationship in during the recruiting process to kind of get your shepherd, your ram guy that you want? I mean, there's, I mean, it it varies from guy to guy, but I mean, it's, I mean, we're reaching out. Um, it the our communication doesn't stop with those guys once they commit to us. Um, this summer was uh, a difficult time um, in this country as a whole. So um, it's just reaching out and checking in on guys, make sure everything's good with their family. They're staying healthy, um, that kind of thing. And there, there's times that we'll talk to, to recruits, whether it's text or phone call for 25, 30 minutes, whatever it is, and not even bring up baseball or the recruiting side. It's just, what do you got going on this weekend? Um, and if like uh, Father's Day, that kind of stuff. What do you, what do you and your family doing? That kind of thing. Just checking in and and uh, making it bigger than than just the recruiting process. Just making it bigger than the 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 baseball coach to player relationship. Uh, like I said, just ask, reaching out, like, oh, are you going on any vacations this summer? That kind of thing. Just just getting to know them on a personal level. Um, I think that goes a long way. It's a, it's part of the trust factor. Um, once they get here and, and their parents enjoy that too, because once they get here, um, I mean, a lot of uh, our kid, most of our guys are from the tri-state area. So two, three hours max away from home. So they have the opportunity to go home, but, um, a lot of our guys early on will go home, but then, uh, once, as they get more comfortable with their roommates, living situation, that kind of stuff, they'll, they tend to stay. So now these kids um, throughout a year see us coaches more than they see their parents. So um, their parents um, expect us to take care of their chi- their children um, and and be, I guess, second parent, their parents away from home for, for right. six to eight months. And it's just that trust factor and, and them understanding that we're going to do everything we can to make their – their son a better person as well as make them a better, better baseball player. It's phenomenal. It's great. And so like, and you, and you mentioned that before, like it's kind of your third pillar of the program, you know, win championships, get a degree, you know, be a better person, mature and grow. Um, do you have a, a, anything specific that you guys like to do? Like one thing I, I loved um, uh, tutoring sessions are done during practice. Like that's awesome. Uh, are there any other like specific things like that, that will, that you kind of help with this maturity process to help with that becoming a better man? Yeah. I mean, we have, we have an expectation sheet that, that our guys uh, fill out day one uh, when they get here to, we have a team meeting um, and we don't do team rules. Um, it's expectations. Um, and I think again, it falls everything we do in a competitive nature. Um, those expectations, they don't want to be that guy that falls behind. So uh, or let their let their peer, their friend, their roommate down in in that aspect. But um, it's it on the baseball side. If they're not doing if they're not doing the things, one the percentage to play at the next level was very very slim. Um, and we've been fortunate to have guys that to go on and do that. And we put our guys in front of scouts and try to try to promote that. But um, life is bigger 
than than baseball. So they have to be able to to go to class, make the grades because their degree is going to take them a lot further than, than their baseball career, more than likely for for ninety nine point ninety nine percent of them. So mm -hmm. um, understanding and I think a lot of it has to do with I mean, we understand what it's like to be a student here. Uh, myself and Coach Smith, we graduated from here. Um, so the expectations we have, we don't have huge unrealistic expectations to um, on the grade side, um, show up, go to class, do what you're supposed to sit in the front row, um, be attentive, um, do what you're supposed to um, do what your, your parents would expect of you to do if you were home with them um, type of deal. And I mean, their their teammates not wanting to let them down. I always I keep going back to they don't want to let their teammates down. I think that just plays into the culture that we have. It it means something. We we do a player self evaluation sheet at the end of our fall that they fill out, and there's a lot of questions on that sheet that have nothing to do with the game of baseball. Um, it's academically, it's um, attitude, um, accountability. Um, we don't do team captains either. We expect our team as a whole to, to everyone from top to bottom, hold each other accountable. Um, I don't, I don't believe in, in setting captains um, and holding three or four guys to a higher standard than the other 36 guys. Um, I feel that if, if we want to make this thing go, we have to hold everyone to the same standard. Um, and is there going to be times that we ask a kid that's been here for three years, a question about, um, what we need to do in our program then, or at a practice session, what do they see that we need to do maybe more so than a guy that just got here? Yeah. But as a whole, what we do and what we expect of our guys, it's from, from number one on our roster to number 36 on our roster, we expect the same out of all those guys. Absolutely. But, um, to, to answer your question, I mean, I mean, um, anything school related, um, that if you're not doing the stuff on the school side, uh, the baseball side, like I said, is taken away from you. It's a privilege. Um, and, and that's, that's the weight room on the baseball side. Um, anything we do team activity wise, um, it will be taken away if you're not doing the stuff in the classroom. And I mean, our guys are such a tight knit group that when, and they're with their same groups all the time. And if a guys aren't, uh, one of the players isn't there that day. Um, before we get started, we're like, we got everyone here. Let's get, let's get going. And they're like, Oh, Joe Smith isn't here today. Well, there's, then they start asking themselves. I mean, you just see it on their face. They're like, Oh, oh. like, what did he do? So then of course they're going to reach out to him after lifting or after our team session, be like, Hey man, why weren't you at practice day? Why weren't you at lifting? And then they have to tell their teammate like, Oh, I wasn't doing the stuff in the classroom or I, I wasn't doing this right. I didn't do this right. Um, just that letdown factor, um, it holds weight. Mm -hmm. It definitely does. You know, I, I think it, 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 it's just nice to, to just hear that from me. Like I said, just for me, always with the outsider in, um, from even when I'm, I remember, you know, watching you play, I remember those, those times and when you took over and assistant, like, but every time, even knowing guys back in the day, like when Jimmy played, you know, and, and when I was going through that, pro like those guys always, the brotherhood was just there and, and it's, it's interesting to even hear your perspective on it because it's true. Like they, you seem to have a very tight knit group and um, you know, you're, you're building the culture in the, in the right direction. 
um, you can t- and now like I think it's it, that's at the highest level because now like you said you the kids are putting it on each other um, mm-hmm. and that's where you're that's where you guys are at um, that, that seems kind of daunting so like how like let's think back to like when you first, you took over what at twenty you were twenty four you yeah. twenty four when you took over yeah yeah like, I was thinking youngest. Yeah, like I was like I couldn't. I mean, it was. I mean, when that came out, I was like, it, it was. I was awesome. Cause I was like, there's, you're gonna put through some great energy into. It. Like, I'm sure that this don't be that guy and having your having your teammates do that didn't just happen at 24. Like when you first started, you know, uh, and maybe it did. I, I don't know. That's what I'm asking. Like, was it like what was that process like? As you're now like, the the, the guys are gonna uh, police this. Yeah, the uh, when I first started. Um, as a head coach, my first year, um, we had a couple seniors on the team that were freshmen my senior year. So um, that that was the biggest transition was when I got into coaching, even as assistant, was separating the friendships that I had before to the coaching side. Um, that was the biggest thing. But the policing, the policing of themselves um, on any good team, great team, um, it happens. Um, like I said earlier, when when it's coming from coaches, it's um, as far as um, not necessarily punishment, but when we're talking about um, expectations and how we, what we expect of them in game situations or in this certain situation of life, um, when it comes from us as coaches and they hear it over and over, even as a parent, when you say it to your, your kid all the time, it's like, well, just let me live my life. Let me do like, I'm going to do it. Like you're just saying it because you're supposed to like, and um, I think it just, it, it plays back to the type of guys we're bringing in. Uh, when I first got the coaching job, um, we recruited very minimal high school kids in my first few classes. We, we wanted to win and win immediately. Um, and, the junior college route was the way we went. Uh, we wanted guys that had experience against um, college college competition, and the maturity factor was played a huge part in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you once once it happened, we started getting those guys in, and and other coaches that I I was friends with in our conference in our region were like, be careful because you're taking guys from this program over here, this program over here, they've already been in college programs. How are they going to adapt to your culture, your program, the way you coach uh, your mentality when they've already had that instilled in them from someone else? Um, And I I think it's just the atmosphere we create. It plays back to the recruiting as um, the relationships we build with those guys uh, throughout the process. Like I said, if, if, if I'm recruiting you, um, I'm not going to reach out to you probably just once a week and, and be like, Hey man, where are you at in the recruiting process? You got any more offers? Where do we stand? And just hammer you with questions. Mm-hmm. I think that t- it turns kids off. And, um, when they truly can respect you and, and understand, uh, where you're coming from and that it's the relationship that we're building as coaches is bigger than this, just the game of baseball and being a student athlete here. Um, the policing part of it, um, it kind of takes care of itself. And especially, like I said earlier, when you have guys 
that all have the same common goal um, and uh, team goal. Um, yeah, there's going to be, you're going to have your own individual goals. Um, and, and we, we've done that before. That's on our self, our expectation sheet is what's, what's three goals that you set for yourself individually. Okay. Now what's three goals you set for, for our team. So what are you, are your goals that you set individually? Are they going to help us win? Are they going to help those team goals or is it pretty much selfish? Like I don't want to strike out 30 times or I don't want to have a strikeout in a year. Well, one that's real unrealistic. Um, and it's just, I mean, some of these questions we have is we have a grading scale one to five and rate yourself. They turn in these self evaluation sheets before, um, before we do our exit meeting we go over it as a staff and they sit in here with us three coaches. And I mean, we're, we're brutally honest with them. Uh, we don't want question marks. We don't want surprises. We want them to know where you stand from the number one player in our program to the number 36 guy and where you stand. And I think, the openness um, that we have with our team plays into that policing of themselves. They understand where they sit with us, um, where they sit as a, with their teammates, that kind of thing. And um, I think, I think it just, they live together. They're like together all the time. So um, nobody wants to be left behind. They don't want to be, they don't want to let those guys down. So they police themselves and, and we preach accountability to them all the time. Um, and it takes one guy to screw it up for 36. So nobody wants to be that one guy that messes it up. Oh, no, no, that's for sure. That's for sure. I mean, and, and then, so it, it seems like you like the challenge of also like, cause of getting maybe players in from different uh, programs. I know as of recently, you get more of all the success, you know, you see guys transferring into Shepard, you know, a good bit. And it seems like, you're, you know, you're very confident and you're very, um, it's almost, like I said, you kind of like the challenge of saying, yep, I'm going to be able to take this and we're going to have a great relationship so you can kind of come into what we do. Um, so it, you know, so it, I don't know, has it, has it been a transition from transfers to JUCOs or from JUCOs to transfers? Like, or, and then, cause I know you still mix in like your big time high school kid, a recruit that you bring mm -hmm. in, but I mean, you're, you're still are getting the transfers to come into you. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, 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 we don't recruit uh, just to fill numbers. We recruit to need. So um, there's going to be certain positions that we fill year in and year. Every two years, we're going to fill in uh, top guys in our rotation. Are we going to have that freshman that comes in and, and wins a job and develops and gets to that spot? Yeah. Uh, we hope we, we have the, we're identifying those guys on the high school side. But it, it changes. One year, it'll be heavy JUCO. Um, and other years it'll be heavy, heavy transfers. And the transfer part of it is those guys seem to come in with a chip on their shoulder. Um, whether they were mistreated at their former place, um, they thought they should be starting. They should, they should be doing this. It's a, um, or they were beat out. They had an injury and something happened, whatever it is, life happened. They transferred. Those guys tend to come in with, like I said, a chip on their shoulder and wanting to prove something. Um, well, I, they told me I couldn't get it done here. I wasn't going to be a starter here in my career. Now I'm coming into a fresh situation, a new situation with all new guys or even guys that, I mean, most of our transfers have friends on our team. Um, we tell our guys all the time, you're our biggest recruiter, especially when you go play summer ball. If you're enjoying your time here, you're winning. 
when you go play summer ball and you start playing with these guys and they're unhappy where they're at, it's like, well, what's it like at your place? You're winning. Are you happy there? Yeah, we're ha I'm happy there. Um, and then, and so I think that plays into the part of our close knit group of guys. Like a lot of these guys on our roster have played with each other, showcase ball, high school ball, summer ball in, in college, um, whatever it is. So, um, but it, it varies every year, uh, on whether we're going junior college or, um, transfer strictly, um, whatever it is, we, I think we do a good job throughout the process of identifying, identifying guys that fit what we're looking for and fit the culture and team that we have here there. Mm -hmm. They could be, they could be all, uber talented and not fit the, the type of team and morale that we have here. Uh, and it, those are, those are guys that we eliminate off our list. Um, we have enough coaching colleagues and friends that we have, all, all throughout the country now or up and down the East coast that we recruit from. And I'll reach out to them and like, Hey, have you seen this guy, especially Jimmy and, and Alex and all them down at JMU. I mean, they see a ton of guys. Uh, mm -hmm. They reach out to us about guys and it's like, Hey, have you seen this guy play? What's your thoughts? And like, uh, he's not a guy that we would recruit here, uh, blah, blah, blah for this reason. Okay. Well then maybe he's not a good fit for here either. So sure. yeah, he's super talented, but, uh, just the way he carries himself and does this. So it's more to more to it than just the, the skill set part of it. Uh, but yeah. it's finding guys that fit the culture that we have. Um, and it's hard to really explain what what that culture is when when you're out recruiting, like what it is that we're trying to identify and look at. It's just what, when you go watch a kid play and the way he carries himself and hustling and on and off the field and the way he the way he carries himself in the dugout around his teammates uh when you see it you know it type mm -hmm. of deal um so and like i said we've we've been able to form bonds with with coaches in the around the area up and down the east coast that i mean we we rely heavily on um especially on the high school side it's like we're not always going to be able to go out and see them play in the springtime mm -hmm. um in the fall it's it i mean all three of us on staff were out going other places and seeing, seeing guys. So, I mean, you, one, we got to be able, one as a head coach, I got to be able to trust my assistants, which um, I do. Um, our guys do a very good job of identifying the talent, the culture of the guys that we're trying to bring in. Um, so yeah, it, it, it varies uh, each year, what it's going to look like as far as transfer and junior college. Um, some, some, some kids that we, recruit out of high school that we miss out on. And this is another big part of it. Uh, some coaches, when, when a kid chooses somewhere else, it's like, they'll, they'll still continue to hammer with questions. Like, why are you going to go there? You're not going to play there. So that puts a bad taste in a lot of kids mouth. Like us here at Shepherds, like, man, good luck. I, mm -hmm. I hope the, the bond that we built over the last couple months, few weeks, whatever it is, um, if things don't work out where you're, where you're going, it, let me know if there's something we can do in the future for you. Mm -hmm. And there's been, there's been plenty of times that we didn't get the guy the first time around, but we get him in the second time around and they come in here. They're comfortable because of the relationship we built um, throughout that recruiting process. So they come in here with, with a little more re relaxation and not having to play scared in certain situations or, or coming in a little more timid and passive 
uh, when they get here. It's like, oh, I'm comfortable. I understand the coaching staff. Now I know these guys that play here. I know these, I played with these guys before. So it, it all, like I said, it, we're not ones that are going to, you don't choose us. It's like, no, well, you're, you weren't good enough to play here anyway. Like, mm-hmm. why are we recruiting you if we don't think you were good enough to play here? Um, right. We'll wish you luck. Go. And the guys I feel like we're lo- missing out on guys is these lower level division one schools. So like, Hey man, if it doesn't work out there, I think you can be a very good division two player. Yeah. So if it doesn't work out there in, in one year, two years, three years, your grad senior year, whatever it is, Hey, the door will be open. Hopefully, hopefully when that, when that opportunity comes available, um, we have, we have that spot available for you and we can make it happen here. So. Mm-hmm. Now I, it's, it's, it speaks to so much of like, uh, how great you are at relationships because I feel like you are just our conversation is and and the more I get to know you I just realize like you're such a relationship person that you know like I'm not going to burn a bridge because who knows where that bridge might come later on down the road and I think that's such a valuable lesson in all things even that you teach what you're, you're like you're naturally teaching that to the player without having them say that like you know uh, hope things work out for you. If not, we'll, you know, do what I can do for you to help you down the road. I think that's such a valuable lesson. And then two, the another valuable lesson that I heard you talk about was um, just heard you saying even to parents about like how much it means to just be a guy, like be a specific kind of fit, you know, and it's more than just the baseball. Like you could be uber talented, but you just might not be a good fit for our culture you know, and if you're not doing these certain types of things, I think that's just great things for people to hear that it's, 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 it's also developing the kind of person you are seeing what kind of place would fit for you. Um, you know, I think without even saying like, it, those are just valuable lessons that I think, um, you know, I just appreciate you bringing those things to light. I think, you know, that's why your culture is continuing. Like it's, it's already getting stronger and stronger. You guys are, you know, winning more and, and, and more and, um, you know, and you're still relatively very, a very young head coach. I mean, yeah. uh, and, and you're, but even though you're a seasoned coach, uh, you know, you're still relatively young too. So, I mean, I, yeah, this, this has been great. Um, you know, uh, I just, if, if, if people want to talk more about your culture, if you want to talk more about, you know, reach out to you, what's the best way to maybe contact you at? Uh, reach out my email. My email is on the website. Um, they can, they can reach out, um, and, and, and send me an email okay. and yeah, I mean, just going back to the whole recruiting side of it, there's, I mean, there's coaches that reach out to us like, Hey, this kid's getting these offers at the division one level, like, and we'll watch, go watch him play, whatever. And then reach out to him a couple days later, they'll reach out to us. Like, what you think? I'm like, yeah, he's super talented, uber talented, whatever it is. But yeah. I just don't think it's a good fit. And we're like, Oh, you don't think he can play there? No, the kid could play here talent-wise, absolutely. I, he just doesn't fit what we're looking for um, mm-hmm. as a whole. The way, and I think that gets lost a ton is um, how you carry yourself on the field, off the field, um, in the dugout, whatever it is. Hell, hell, even just the way you talk to your parents um, at the fence. I mean, there's so much more than just recruiting talent. Um, and I learned that from uh, some of my my colleagues uh, when I first got into it, like because I was me when I first was looking, I was like, oh, this gets super talented. I got to go get him. And they're like, just watch him. Just watch what he does. Like, 
yeah, he's super talented, but are you going to want to deal with that, that other stuff outside? And, and you can tell, I mean, there's, there's times that parents turn you off on kids. Like, I mean, like how, how they approach their high school coaches, their travel ball coaches. Um, I mean, that's one of the things we, we talk about uh, on visits when kids come here. It's like, but we'll talk about, uh, anything and everything with our guys. We have an open door policy. They can come in and talk to us about life, school, baseball, uh, whatever it is. But playing time is one thing that we will not talk about. Uh, playing time's earned. Uh, we have checklists, all that kind of stuff. And I'm not going to talk to parents about playing time either. Uh, we have we have times all the time that parents send me an email. Or, or it's happened in the past, very early on in my career, they send me an email and at the bottom of the email, it says, please do not tell Joe that I'm reaching out to you. Right. It's like, well, are these concerns coming from you or are they coming from the player? So, um, well, I'll print, I'll print off the email, whatever it is, voicemail and, and save it. And like, we'll have a one-on-one -on -one meeting and I'm like, Hey man, like, are you unhappy about what's going on here? It's, speak to me, tell me like, and they're like, kind of, no, like I'm good. Like, and then I'm like, well, I got this email from your parent and like, this is what they're stating. So did this come from you or is it them? And you just, you can tell by their reaction and in, in their face, it's like, no, that was, wasn't from me or, Oh, I did say something. And like, but I think that just comes with the relationship with that, that with our guys is, they know they can come in and talk to us about things and it's, it's bigger than baseball sometimes. So, I mean, we're not going to hold grudges. If, if you feel like you, you should be doing something um, that, that we're not allowing you to do and you have the stats and the reasoning behind it. And cause I mean, we chart everything. Uh, we keep stats of everything that we do in the fall. So, I mean, numbers, numbers speak for themselves. And if they can justify it and we go back and look at our notes and the, and the stats and all that too. Okay. Now we have something to talk about, but, um, if you're, if you don't have the numbers to back it up, we're not going to be talking about playing time. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you, that competitiveness and what you guys are doing, that stuff's there. So yeah, you track it. I'm sure you want people to see it. They want to see that. So they get more competitive. So yeah, you guys have those numbers and those things speak for themselves. So but oh man, this is this has been incredible. We're about about an hour. I mean, so I want to respect your time and things like that. But uh, you know, if uh, but man, I just I really appreciate you taking the time. It's like I said, I just really want to dive in a couple of those things because you guys are so good at, uh, and it's just really cool to see. You know, um, but I can also speak to like the I know the past two games that I've been to Shepherd, I sat next to two scouts. You know, too. So mm -hmm. I know you're bringing in guys, even the opportunity for the next level um you know you guys continue to get get better and, and you're bringing in even better talent so um you know can't wish you the best of luck man I just keep it rock and roll it's great for our area it's great for the game well i appreciate it yeah I, i'm glad we can finally get on i know we've been trying to set this up for a while so be able to get on it we'll have to do it again soon it was yeah. uh it was fun maybe we can get a get a coach smith on the call too because he does a lot of great things with our our pitching staff and oh uh, yeah talk about talk about kind of the things we do in our program uh, on the mental side and how we build, try to build mental toughness with our guys. So uh, yeah, Man, we, we, I'm all about again. that. Yeah. Let's just do round two and bring in Pat. And then um, yeah, like that's, let's do that. I mean, we're going to keep it here. We can do another hour and you know, that would be great. Yeah. That well, sounds it, like a plan. I'm awesome. Well, I appreciate it. You, uh, 
you have a good week, rest of the week, and uh, hopefully, like I said, we can do this again soon. Can't thank Coach McCarty enough for dropping some great knowledge and having just a great conversation with him. I always take notes with every guest, guys that I was able to talk to, and this was a this is a two pager. This was a two page full of notes. Those notes could also be found uh, on Podbean, is where I host my my podcast. So if you're looking for those notes and you can check them out there. He puts uh, his email. If you don't know Coach McCarty's email, if you haven't been to the Shepherd uh, website, his his email is m m c c a r t y at shepherd.edu. Shepherd, s h e p h e r d. edu. Again, Coach Matt McCarty's email is m m c c a r t y at shepherd.edu. I'm sure he'll be able to. You want to reach out to him? Feel free. It's got a lot more uh, to guess. We really just kind of scratched the surface here that with the hour that we had, and um, you know, hoping we can get get him and his assistant coaches back on again and just dive into some more great things that they do. Always want to learn just kind of how you know. There's just so many different strategies. There's so many different routes that people can go to get things get, accomplish a task. And so it's always great to kind of hear what they do and also even kind of justifies or, or reaffirms the things that you are doing. But I think there's some great value in um, this conversation. I thought there was a great value that you can get even if you weren't in baseball. Uh, just the competitive competitiveness, you know, uh, holding other people accountable. Uh, there's things there that, you know, good people do, regardless of if you're playing in sports or not. So um, the – from his toughness challenges to the, the competitiveness and all the things that they do to drive, compete, uh, and to them for the culture of them having players hold each other accountability, accountable when the coaches just facilitate. It's the highest form of teaching. It's the highest form of leadership. And that's where they're at at Shepherd. And um, just want to thank Coach McCarty, uh, head baseball coach at Shepherd University, for his time today, giving us a little behind-the-scene action uh, about what they do with their program and showing the great stuff they do that they continue to win and they continue to play at the highest level and compete and uh, for championships. But I love how he, you know, he said there's, there are three things, and you're hearing, from, you're hearing them from a lot of great coaches. You're going to win championships, you're going to get degrees, and you're going to become a better person. It's so much more about talent. So find a good fit. Do your homework. And be sure that if you're doing much more for yourself than just practicing your swing and passing and practicing the physical side of things because the great coaches and the great programs they're looking for it that's what they're looking for okay a lot of guys can have great swings but they're just not good fits for their program they're not going to help them get their championships they're not going to help them with their mission of getting people degrees because majority of people need degrees majority of people are going to have to go on and be good citizens good people and that's the sign of a great program so again thanks coach mccarty thank you all for listening please share the episode and um keep getting better